Hello there, this interview that you're about to hear was originally done by me, Sam Roscoe or Chris Prince for the Blue Moon podcast sometime between 2009 and now. That means if there's anything that sounds a bit out of date or if there's anything that's an obvious topic that we've not asked the guest about, it's probably because the interview is from a long time ago. This show is basically the Blue Moon podcast interview archive. All of the new interviews that we do with former City players and managers will go live on the Blue Moon podcast first, so if you like what you hear then please go and subscribe to that and there's a new show every Friday with a look at everything on and off the pitch for City. But for now enjoy the end of this generic recorded message and enjoy the interview with the person whose name is in the title of this episode. Not a lot really, um, it was one of the things that was instinctive, it was one of the things I think even now when I look back and I see it and I see my celebration it was that was nothing that I could have done before, done afterwards, reenacted it at all, it was just um, it was passion, ecstasy, relief. Everything, um, everything in it, and I look back um, at the goal, and I just think possibly of the work I'd done on my finishing throughout that season. You know, it made it all worthwhile. I think before that, um, my finishing was a little bit hit and miss, but I worked really hard that season on the first touch and hitting the target, and you know, it just all seemed to come together. But as the actual goal itself, I can't remember a lot about it. So, um, if if I if I were to ask you to describe it, it would be all off TV pictures, would it? Yeah, it would. It would. Um, I mean, that week I think it was a massive occasion for everybody connected with the club. The build up to the game, um, city fans queuing for God knows how long trying to get tickets, and for us, and I know for me personally, um, playing at Wembley, and although it wasn't mentioned too much, and deep down the players knew it was that was make or break time for the football club. Um, as I said, it wasn't mentioned, but it didn't have to be because we knew that if we didn't get promoted, that the club could have been in serious shit, really. If um, if we take you back to that day at 2-0 down, was it game over, did you feel? Um, I remember when they scored um, the second goal, I just I sort of crouched down on all fours and I could talk about crying there. I could feel myself filling up. You know, it was a lot of it was um, the build-up to the game, the expectation... And for me, getting beat didn't come into my head once that week. And you know, and the fact that we're two 0 down, we're not well, not very long to go at all. Um, it was just devastating. But we had a lot of character in that team as well. And even when we went to two one, I can't remember once even looking up to see how long was left. I just had a feeling that once Kevin scored, that that we were going to do it. You know, where I remember looking at a couple of Gillingham players' faces and. When Kevin scored the goal, we were going back um, for kick-off, they were shitting themselves. That filtered through to us all, but even going back to that now, I still don't think any lads knew how long was left either. Obviously, you've, you have you scored the second goal, the equaliser, um, straight past Vince Bartram, uh, best man at your wedding. Was, yeah. it, was it written for that, do you think? I think it was. Me and Vince had been joking all throughout the season. Um, I mean, little did we know at the time, if, well, if it came down to the, the playoffs, or it came down to penalties. And I know Vince still takes stick now, saying that he done me a favour by pulling his hand out the way. But you know, I still see Vince a lot. He's a, he's a very good friend, and um, the banter's still there. And then, uh, obviously, in the in the penalty shootout, you went you went and missed yours. Yeah, I know, I know. It was um, it was bizarre because all week we'd been practicing penalties, and even the big galoot waves. I used to tell him when I was putting it, and he still couldn't save it. And I was probably the only one in training that week that didn't miss one penalty. And it was sod's law, really. Even when the ball hit the post, I still thought, oh, it's just not going to go in. But it just it summed up that day, really. The whole thing, being 2-0 down, 94 minutes, scoring equaliser at Wembley, 
extra time, scoring against my best mate the occasion and then missing the penalty, I think every emotion possible. And then of course, a year later, it's Blackburn away yeah. on the final day of the season, needing a draw to, to get promotion, a goal down again. Yeah, um, what a bizarre, talking about the Gillian game, what a bizarre that game that was as well, I mean, we should have been 4-0 down at half time. You know, I remember a lot, one, I was gutted because I wasn't starting, but then sitting watching the first half, it's just how we went in that game. How we didn't go in at ha- half time. We should have been out of sight, really. Um, but then, you know, the, the character that we had in the squad again, you know, a lot of the players were the same players from the year before. Um, we had a fantastic team spirit, we really did. Just before I came on, he brought Ian Bishop on, um, and Bish was great. Bish completely slowed that game down for us and got us playing the way we wanted to play. And then um, the goals came thick and fast, which the fantastic memories again, um, great occasion. And I'll never forget all the City fans, not even in the stadium, on the hill at the back. Was was back-to-back promotions something that was expected after the first promotion, or was it? Or was it something that was? It wasn't something that we spoke about. We knew we'd a half-decent squad. You know, Joe brought in like some Mark Kennedy that year that, that did no doubt improve us. But the team spirit and the collective thing we had um, was something special. And as a player, I've that was the sort of best group of lads that I played under. I wouldn't say back-to-back promotions, we expected it, but we knew that if we were right that we could have done it. And I think um, if we take you back to when you first joined City, um, I think it would be fair to say it was a bit of uh, a period of turmoil. Well, it is when you consider you signing the Friday and the manager fucking resigns on the Sunday. But it was, I mean, I'd already had a couple of managers at Arsenal (laughs) during the pre-season, and I think it was something, well, it was ridiculous, the amount of managers I had from the July August time to the January, you know, it was it was um a bit bizarre really. You know, every new manager comes in, one likes you, one doesn't, but that seemed to happen every week. <laughs> well I say when you first joined, it wasn't long until the, the club was relegated to uh, to division yeah. two. What changed at City from that team that went down to one that got back to back promotions? We had a lot of character that came into the team. Joe was a big factor in it. I think and it's played under Joe will tell you that Ah, well, I thought Joe's biggest strength was getting the best out of his individuals and then integrating that into a team. And also, with Joe and David Bernstein come in, there was a air of um, stability about the club, which had never been there in the time that I was there. You know, we didn't know where the club was going, was it getting sold, who the manager was going to be. And even if a manager came in, because of the shambles that it was sometimes, we didn't know how long he was going to stay. So um, Joe came in, steadied the ship, gave everybody their confidence back and got us playing again. And made us realise, um, or made a lot of lads realise, because it was something I never had to do, how lucky I was to to be a footballer and how lucky I was to be at a club at Man City and how lucky we all were to have the backing of the fans that we did. I mean, that season was just, it was amazing. And what was your reaction when uh, when Joe Rowan got sacked? Because, I mean, this was the team that the team that was yeah. relegated from Every, the Premier League was, was, yeah. was very similar to the one that was promoted from Division 2. Um, everybody, lads to a man, was, were disappointed because Joe was great and... He wasn't just your manager, he was your friend as well. You could go and speak to him about anything. You know, but as players, especially being at City at that time, you get used to managers coming and going. You know, you do have managers that are that you do get on better with and that are your favourites and everything else. But Joe to a man, I can't remember any one of that squad moaning or grumbling when Joe was in charge, you know. And we were all gutted when he left, we were, because we knew that Joe could have got the best out of us. And then um, you moved on under under Kevin Keegan. Mm-hmm. Um, was that something you were disappointed with when? Uh... Yeah, I was because um, with Kevin and you know I'm not going to sit and slag MD off because if I'm going to say anything to MD, I'll say it to their face. And I, I have had this conversation with Kevin at the time. 
And since I've left, you know, Kevin, for some reason, didn't think I was tall enough or aggressive enough to play in the championship. You know, tall enough, maybe. But um, aggressive enough, um, I don't think he could have been further for the truth. You know, I went and seen Kevin. And it was actually, it was just bizarrely enough, that was September 11th when we played Notts County. And I seen Kevin before it, and everybody else. Kevin kept telling me that I'll get my chance. I just had to bide my time, I'll get my chance. And he named a team against Notts County, which was a team of French players. Um, at that time under Kevin, um, and I still wasn't in the team. So I went and seen Kevin the day before it and said, look, what's what's happening? Everybody's getting a chance, you're not giving me a chance. Is it personal? Um, what is it? Because, you know, I'm somebody as a person, if somebody's not happy with what I'm doing, I'll do everything I can to, to try and make it right. Um, I was working hard in training, I felt fit and I felt sharp. And Kevin just kept saying to me, you'll get your chance, you'll get your chance, wouldn't say anything else, you'll get your chance, and that chance never came, and that's something I was disappointed with him about. I let him know that, and the Notch County game, I came on a sub um, and scored, and then the following Saturday I wasn't even in the 20-man squad. Throughout that year, um, he then told me that if a club came in for me, he would let me go. I found out various clubs had come in for me, but he didn't let me go. And when I eventually signed for Leicester, um, he didn't want me to go there, he wanted me to go to a League Two side, which is the equivalent of, because um, I was told, I've, and I've had this conversation with Kevin, so I'm not speaking at a turn, I was told off other people at the time, the reason he didn't want me to go to Leicester, because he knew I would do well. I was just disappointing, but you know, I've had a great career, I feel privileged to do what I've done, and I'm not going to let one season out of that leave a sour taste in my mouth. And uh, I mean, then of course, another manager down the line, um, Stuart Pearce, is, is taking charge of City, and you've uh, re-signed. Yeah, yeah, that was something. Um, you know, even the problems I had under Kevin not playing, I still didn't really want to leave the football club. You know, I loved it there. I had a, a massive affinity with not just the fans, with the club, the people who worked there, everything to do with it. I spoke to Stuart um, quite a few times. Obviously, he knew I was at a contract at Blackburn. Blackburn had offered me a new deal. But once I knew that I had the chance to go back, um, you know, people say you never should never go back and, you know, looking back, possibly it's right, but there's no way I was turning down that chance again. Do you regret your decision to go back? Nah, never. Never. I would have regretted it more if I hadn't. I would be sitting here now thinking, why didn't I go back? You know, that was a bit unfortunate. I knew Stuart brought me back for as much as what I could do off the pitch as on it as well. Um, they were quite a quiet bunch. Um, there was a lot of young kids there. Um, through playing against Stuart, and playing with him from a short time at City, he knew exactly what it was like. You know, something as you get older, you naturally tend to talk to the younger players. We had a lot of young kids, you know, Yank Micah, Stevie Ireland, Nadal, Michael Johnson. Um, I used to try and help them as much as I can. You know, I still speak to them all now. If they've got anything that they're not quite happy with or they're struggling a little bit with, you know, they pick up the phone to me, which is which is nice. I mean, you struggled with injury that season. Um, yeah, I did, but I mean, I mean, I didn't help myself. I, I broke my foot early doors and I played for nine, ten weeks with my foot broken because I didn't want to miss any games. Um, possibly if I did that sorted straight away, probably would have got more games. I struggled with my back, which at the time I didn't know the extent of it. Um, but in, in hindsight, probably injury-wise, I probably shouldn't have played a lot of the games I did. But that was only because I loved being where I was and I loved playing football. Joe, to be fair to him, tried to treat it like any other away game we'd played. Yeah, it was different. We were, we knew we were playing at Wembley, and um, but we also knew the importance of the game and how much it meant to the club. You know, so there was there was a little bit of nerves, um, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Sometimes, you know, and me on a personal note, if, 
if I wasn't nervous before the game, as a player now, as a manager, I worry a little bit, you know, and sometimes it gives you that little edge. Was it ever mentioned how vital it was for the club? We, we knew to a certain extent ourselves, and but probably not until after the game, and, and the week after the game, when certain things came out um, about how the, the club possibly could have went bust, or administration, or things like that, if we hadn't got promoted. Um, and to be fair to Joe and David Bernstein, the, the weeks leading up to it, they kept that away from us. We knew it was important because it's a big club, fantastic club, but not to the full extent as what we found out afterwards. Do you remember the run-up to uh, to Wembley and, and kind of the run of form that City went on from Christmas? Yeah, we do. We do, and you know, we went into that game feeling that we were going to win. I know it was a, a bizarre game when you look at it afterwards, but the, from being, I think it was 12th leading up to the Christmas period and to go on the run, we did get into the playoffs and then, you know, we with the... Uh, the nerve-wracking two games against Wigan in the semi-final um, that we managed to scrape through. And then um, to actually get there from the position we were in was a fantastic achievement. I want to ask about that, that Wigan semi-final. Uh, certainly the, the game at Springfield Park. Uh, was Gerard Vikings one of the first players to come and, uh, come and thank you for that equaliser? It, it was. And look, um, Gerard didn't have to thank me or apologise because he was outstanding that season. Um, and it was a really uncharacteristic mistake from him. You know, and obviously we, we got back in it we're probably unlucky not to win the game. And then going back to Main Road, it was a really nervy night. You know, the, the fans, the players, everybody in, in Wigan actually played probably with the better team. Um, and the goat does what the goat does and shank one in off his shin. So was it was it handball? Do you remember? Did it did it touch his hand? It, it, he used to put the ball in over that many parts of his body that um, that we didn't mind. I think it might have clipped his hand on the way in, but we'll take it. Now, obviously, the, uh, the, the game at Wembley, um, City go 2-0 down. At that point, with only a couple of minutes of normal time left, how were you feeling? Um, I remember crouching down on, on my hands and knees, thinking we were blowing it. Um, but I can honestly say that I can't... I didn't actually know how long was left. You know, I didn't see the board going up with the five minutes on it or anything else. Um, and I just remember missing... Well, Vince saving the chance for me. Um, that would have made a big difference and thought I've got to get I've got to get us out of it. You know, and there was a belief amongst the team when we when we took the kick off to say, look, we're here, there's only us that can change it and that was sort of the belief in the character of the squad that, that took us from twelfth into the playoffs and the last thing we were going to do was let that go. When Kevin Hawhawk scored, did that suddenly give you a lift? It did and I felt it's easy to say it now. I, I remember within myself as we're going back for Wigan to take kick-off that I had one more chance in me. I just had a feeling that I was going to get one more chance before the end of the game or the team were going to get one more chance and it was it was imperative that we took it. And uh, now, I mean, obviously, you scored the equalising goal. Talk me through it. What, what do you remember of it? Um, <coughs> I remember Joe put... It brought Bish on and, and, and big Gareth Taylor. And, um, you know, Gareth had started winning a lot of flick-ons that me and Sean were picking up. And, um, you know, when when Gerrard's got the ball and he swift it up to, to Gaz to flick on that I just felt I was going to get a chance you know and it's ricocheted to me and um, when when you score a goal like that it's instinctive so you don't have time to think about it if I had time to think about it I probably would have missed it to tell you the truth and then um, the feeling after that was just pure elation you know to, to have scored the goal I couldn't tell you what I was thinking what I was feeling or anything else it's I think it was just the emotion of the whole day, being at Wembley, being 2-0 down, um, just everything came out really. And there's that iconic knee slide celebration. Yeah, it was just, I could never 
um, repeat that as passionately as that if I, if I tried. You know, it's just as I said, I think all emotions came out, and you know the the, the noise the fans made when, and the noise the players made when they jumped on top of me. It was just it was it's a moment I'll remember. And uh, I've actually been I've been speaking to Kevin Hawke about uh, those celebrations, um, and he tells me. Oh, um, funny. That, uh, really funny. That, that, there were, that there was a moment that I think only you and him know about where, where you slipped over and fell flat on your face. We ended up absolutely pissing ourselves laughing because obviously we've celebrated. I've went to my knees, all the players have come over, and Kev was the last one, Kev and Jeff Whitley. And I've sort of turned to throw my arms up to the crowd on my own, and I've ended up spinning around and slipping and going flat on my face. How the camera is, I haven't got it, I'll never know. But it's something that, that me and Kev still laugh about now. and Hey, look, Kev winds me up all the time because Kev says that it, that was his goal that made me, you know, and his goal does get forgot about. And, um, he was he was a massive driving force behind us that season, Kevin, and so he, he can't say that whenever I talk about my Wembley goal, I don't mention him anymore. And obviously, um, in goal for for Gillingham was your best man, so it was kind of like was a mixed emotions about that. Absolutely not. No, I still remain Vince of it now. And the weird thing is, and I've said this in an interview a few years ago, that. Um, actually before Christmas time me and Vince and the families were together and we'd actually spoke about if it went to the playoffs and it being at Wembley and what it would be like playing against each other and I just said it wouldn't affect me in the slightest if anything it makes you more determined to get one over your mitt and um, obviously then uh, the game goes through extra time where not really a lot happened it was it was very a very nervy extra time um, how were you feeling going into penalties? Yeah, really confident um, because we'd been taking penalties probably since before the Wigan game in training um, and it was Sod's law that you know, to say you can't um, replicate what you do in training on a match day because every single penalty I took and there must have been hundreds of them went in that side netting and um, you know and I spoke to Joe and Joe said he was so confident about me walking up you know, and the worst thing about it is I've sent Vince and Vince was going for a pie in the stadium because he went the wrong way and for it to hit both posts my, my heart just sunk I mean it's something that you that you'd very rarely see a penalty off both posts. I mean, can you believe that on kind of that occasion that had happened? No, I couldn't. I remember walking back and being absolutely gutted, and but you know that feeling of of, of sadness and being gutted. Thankfully for me, only lasted about thirty seconds because Gillingham missed the next penalty, and then um, that was quite easy for me to forget about. And then um, I've been obviously been speaking to some of the other lads. Um, I believe there was a, a celebratory barbecue. Yeah, there was. We all ended up at the Dickoff household the day afterwards. Um, I don't think I had much sleep that night, if any sleep, so we just carried on on to the next day. And um, the, the funniest story I can tell about it is um, Bish, Ian Bishop, um, who was a character, he, he stayed in London with his family and he's called me about 12 o'clock on the Sunday to find out. Um, he, was in, he was in London, he was having some lunch somewhere near King's Cross, I think it was to find out how it was going and Bish hated missing out on anything so I told him all the boys were here we're all having a laugh and a celebration then about four o'clock my front door went and it was Bish he told his family that he was going to the toilet in the restaurant and went straight to King's Cross and jumped in a train and emptied off in my house and left his family there so that shows you the sort of team spirit we had and it went on to to kind of galvanise City for, for the next season it did and you know Joe made some really good signings and um, the momentum from from that game, you know, and the team spirit really carried us through to the promotion the next year as well. And you you scored at Ewood Park um, again, so you've kind of had that continuity of scoring vital goals in City promotions. I know I'm a lucky little shit, isn't I? Um, 
that, that was just that was a fantastic experience as well, you know. And uh, look, MD was at the game; we should have been out of sight by half time. I think Matt Jansen's hit the post and the crossbar about four times. But the, the thing about that team was we had a we had a inner belief to to hang in the nine games. You know, even when things weren't going to, going well, we knew that if we hung in there against teams like Blackburn and weathered the storm, that we, we'd come out the other side and you know it showed again. How does it feel to have that Wembley goal now compared to the goal that Sergio Aguero scored? It's, look, it's fantastic and it's, it's, it's humbling for me, you know, because I, I don't think it's any secret that um, I'm a City fan myself and I love my time there. So to, to have that sort of stuff thrown at me, I get quite embarrassed sometimes, especially when you look at the, the quality of Aguero to the quality that I had, you know, it's, it's chalk and cheese. Um, you know, some people have said Aguero stole my thunder a little bit, but there was nobody... Um, more delighted than me when, it, when he scored that goal. And uh, just finally, one uh, one question I'd like to ask that I didn't kind of pick up on last time. Um, when you left City under under Kevin Keegan, um, how did it feel to be to be moving on? Um, I was gutted. Um, I felt that I didn't um, have a fair crack at the bit that season. You know, and the one game I, I did get involved in properly was, was when I scored against Notts County. Um, and look, I wanted to stay, but you know, I know as a manager now that it's not, it's not, um, it's not easy to keep everybody happy, and you have to make big decisions. And you know, at the time, I felt as if Kevin um, didn't rate me and, and treat me quite badly. But looking back, back at it now, now that I'm on the other side, it's that, that's football.